Welcome to the Great American Collectibles Show, heard Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on PSA.com and the PSA Facebook page. The Great American Collectibles Show is brought to you by PSA and the National Sports Collectors Convention. Tonight's headlines are brought to you by Sports Collectors Daily. For all of your hobby news, features, and more, visit sportscollectorsdaily.com. And now, your hosts, Tom Zappala and John Mallory. JM, how you doing, buddy? What's up, bud? Good. Hey, Al, will you bring the uh, PPS, uh, what do they call that stuff, 30, 30 or 50 that you spray in your back for the sun? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just put it here. Yeah. When I go out to the pool she, in the eighty-degree weather, I'll maybe. I'll uh, yeah, okay. Maybe she wants to bring you a razor first before you put any <laughs> suntan lotion on your back. How you doing, buddy? How's everything <laughs> up in the North Country? It's cold. It's snowing, um, and I hate you. So, <laughs> well, it's cold and snowing here. <laughs> hey, uh, welcome to the Great American Collective Show, Tom Zappler <clears throat> and my good pal and co-host Johnny Mallory affectionately known as JM. Hey, we've got a good show today. We've got our The Voice. We call him The Voice. That's the voice. his nickname. He is The, the voice. voice. Mike Provenzal <clears throat> from Heritage Auctions is going to be with us for the whole hour. Yep. But we also have Scotty Russell from The Collector Connection. You know, this guy, he, he, he works harder than anyone. He really does, man. He's always got something going. Works he does. His ass off. Yep. He's, he's got a great, great business. Yep. Uh, First eye headlines, then a programming note, and then we're going to get to, Mike. Burglaries, three hobby shops, one night. Law enforcement agencies in northwest Florida are investigating multiple hobby shop burglaries that took place in a matter of two hours, J.M., at least two of which resulted in six-figure losses. Yeah. Reports say four people broke into the instant replay sports card on Highway 231 in Panama City last Thursday, smashing display case, cases and getting away with $150,000 worth of trading cards. Meanwhile, Comic Emporium, also in the Panama City area, lost over $100,000 worth of merchandise to a similar smash and grab that took place around 2 a.m. An hour after that, burglars also hit PCB coins and cards in nearby Panama City Beach, where Bay County Sheriff's deputies say they found the front door smashed. A review of store video revealed two male suspects removing merchandise from the shelves and display cases before running out after 45 seconds. One of the suspects has a Red Sox jersey with number six on it, and it says Rico on the back. Uh, just kidding. Some of the burglars were seen wearing lights attached to masks covering their faces. What the hell is going you on? Know, <clears throat> you know, and I know we got to get to Prov and you got a programming note, but you know, we have guests on the show, regular guests now who have shops and we talk about the greatness of the shop you know and and prob you know you know going into the card shop getting that facetime with the person and the problem i guess the you know the good problem is that everything's kind of going up in value the hobby is booming but with those stores they have really valuable items and it's just terrible to hear these stories you know because you I mean, want I, I, you want to maintain the card store and the comic store right but it sucks. It really does. It sucks. I mean, it really is getting out of hand. But uh, let's bring in Prove now. Yeah. Mike Provenzal from Heritage. Michael, how are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Good. Everything is, 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 is peachy keen. Hey, listen, a programming note, though. Uh, next week and the week after, we are doing, if you guys recall, uh, last year at the National, we did a special two-hour show. 
And we are going to be recording. We're going to be sh- uh, rec- not recording. We're going to be uh, showing the first hour next Wednesday night at 6.30 of last year's National. And then the following Wednesday, we're going to be showing the second hour of the National. We had a blast, JM. That was great. We got all kinds of great guests. We that was Mike. awesome. Yeah. We've got Derek. We've got Joe Orlando. Uh, we have James Fiorentino, yep. Rico, uh, John Brogy. There's a whole cast of characters. Uh, so and we had some to- great uh, questions from the audience. People really, I was so happily surprised that we had a lot of people sitting in in the audience asking great questions. It was a lot of fun. A lot of giveaways. Yep, uh, it right. was good. It was fun. It was, it was a good... Uh, actually, some of the audience got into this. Remember, in the second hour, we got into some pretty hairy stuff. We did. We got some good debates going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was good. It was good. <laughs> so anyway, that's uh, next week and the week after. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, um, and by the way, uh, you know, we'll, we'll communicate with you guys. On, if you watch the show on YouTube, uh, we can watch the show with you and kind of communicate. Or you can obviously watch it on the PSA Facebook page. Uh, I think that is that all the business jam. I think so, buddy. Business? I think so. All right, let's bring in uh, our good boy. He's already in. Let's bring in Mike <laughs> Pro- Mike Provenzal from uh, Heritage Auction. Michael, where are you? Are you in Dallas? Are you in Fort Worth? Are you in Dubuque? Where are you? I'm in Dallas right now. We're at our uh, beautiful world headquarters, right by DFW Airport. Now. Uh, I spoke to uh, Orlando yesterday, and as we speak, he's on a plane heading your way. We have our platinum auction closing this weekend, so all of our staff that's at our satellite offices all come into Dallas. It's a good time. Get to see everybody. Uh, Derek will be here, Leah Skowitz, uh, Dan Imler, and Joe. Oh, wow, the whole gang. Everybody back. Now, does yeah. Chris, does Chris gonna be, uh, sounds like there's going to be a lot of drinking going on. I was going to say that. that. Does, yeah. We'll probably have a beer, <laughs> beer or two. Uh, does, that does, might happen. Does Chris, does Chris feed you guys? I mean, does he have like a buffet? Or, you know, is it every man for himself? He does. Uh, we go out for a departmental dinner, uh, and he, he takes good care of us. I'll say that. Uh, Dallas is a good spot for steak and uh, barbecue, so usually that's what will happen. Have you ever, obviously, I, I know you have, but I've never been to Dallas, believe it or not. And that's, I, honest to God, that is on my bucket list. And the reason being, because in a former life, uh, many, 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 many years ago, I was a history, I was a social studies and history teacher, and I always wanted to go to the Texas Book Depository. I can't believe you've never done that. Never Sixth been. Florida Museum. It's great. I, yeah, it I really is. Never you been. know, it's really awesome. It really is. You know, I, and it's I, good I, you I, mentioned I, that, Prov, because at the National, we had our departmental dinner, and, you know, you can't beat five guys. It was just really, really <laughs> nice of, of Zap to uh, – he actually let me get the, double, you know, the regular burger with two patties, which was really oh, exciting. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. No fries, though, yeah, and everybody so, drinks yeah, no, it One bag of fries, like, you know, that was it, yeah. Are you done? <laughs> I am, yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Prov, let's talk about your – you have an auction going on now, but then you have a, your, your, your first big one of the year is in May, correct? So we have the platinum auction right now. Always exciting. You know, a lot of one-of-a-kind items, six-figure, seven-figure items, um, and some really unique pieces. So we get just as excited as anyone to see what they're going to go for, and it all happens this weekend. Then we're taking in consignments for the big May auction. That'll be one that's 3,000 plus items, two giant phone book catalogs. Uh, so we're still taking in material for that. Did I tell you uh, that I am submitting a card to that auction? 
Very excited about it. This is yeah, gonna be on it's the, kind, on it's the kind, front it's kind cover, of a front right? cover. Well, I think that would be nice in your part if you guys had it on the front <laughs> cover. I'm not sure it's it's worthy of the front cover, but it's well, kind as of as long cool as it cover. has that uh, Zappala pedigree. Then uh, well, it's got the Zappala collection name on it, and it, it does have a little history. It was the card that was kind of like the uh, catalyst for Ellen and I writing the T206 collection, the players and their stories. So, so that's kind of a cool card. Are you going to tell people what the card is, or do you want to wait till it? No, yeah, it's not. It's not. I mean, it's a it's a nice card, but it's not like a Honus Wagner. Basically, it's oh. it was the second card that I bought. It's a, a T206 tie card, green back. Okay. Ground. And it's a PSA three, but it was the second card I bought back in nineteen of that collection in nineteen ninety eight. And uh, as you know, I've kind of gone into another direction, and kind of focusing on memorabilia. So uh, I thought I would just uh, can I can I ask a question to both of you as we you know kind of get started looking at the auction because you have some cobs in the current auction uh, as well, Prov, and both <clears> you guys <throat> can answer this. Um, so we know like it's you know Cobb Ruth. Garrig, Mantle, and Ruth always seems to be number one. Are there any instances where, because Cobb is like an, an enduring figure in the hobby, like Cobb cards, doesn't matter almost what they're rated, they're going to get a good take. Are there any times where Cobb jumps above Ruth, or is it always going to be like Ruth above Cobb and, and that kind of hierarchy? Yeah. I think Ruth's above him, and I think that would just really annoy Cobb. Too, oh, it's so pissing you, off. You Piss know, him off. he was the better player, and maybe he was, you know, better all around. Yeah, if you take the whole the whole package sure. into account, but there's no way that he could have been happy with the situation of everybody lauding Ruth and kind of moving past. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, there was a story where uh, he was interviewing. Uh, and said, you know, I could hit home runs if I wanted to. I don't know if you know that story. He right, said, I yeah. can hit home runs. He says, but I choose not to because I'm not that kind of a hitter. And then he went up and smacked, uh, I don't know if it was in BP or a game, smacked a couple, three home runs. That, right. Right. Do you remember? So, uh, by the way, hold on one second, James. Scotty Russell is watching us. He's in the green room. And Scott, <laughs> I want you to know that I have some really cool stuff for you when I get back. Uh, for one you, of your auctions. Do you know so a, like, a modern-day hitter who always said that as well? Zap or Mo, Mo No. Well, he did hit home runs. Wade Boggs always said. In fact, one year, I believe it was, if I'm not he mistaken, it was 87. I think he hit 24 home runs. And he said he could have hit 24 to 30 home runs every single year. But that's not what his game was, you know? So, And, well, I, believe, and I believe him too. 100%. That's why, that's why Bonds changed his game and – his physique, if you will, yep. you know, all, McGuire and Sosa were getting all the attention. He felt he was the better player right. overall, which he probably was. But uh, he said, well, if that's the way the league's going, he's going to adapt. So, that's right. Uh, you, know, you know what the sad part about that probe is? He was a Hall of Famer before he started fooling around. No question. You know, no. and that that and, and same, same thing with Roger Clemens. Roger Clemens too. was probably. He was, I mean, right? Those two, I mean, are, those two to me, and people would say, oh, it's not sad. They did it themselves. I get it. But people who were there, I mean, that was, they were right. He was the best, Hall of the best hitter and the best pitcher of that generation. Neither one had to do it. Neither exactly. one had to do it. And they would have been first ballot Hall of Famers. First ballot Hall of Famers. It's, that is sad. That's sad. That's, you know, that's the thing that really, you know, I mean, what was his name? The kid that played for Baltimore. I could see his point. Brady, Brady Anderson. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Brady Anderson went from hitting four home runs to like forty-eight home runs. Yeah. 50. You know, but he hit fifty. Yeah, he, he hit, hit 50. fifty. Yeah, he hit fifty that one year. Yeah, right. 
Right. Wow. We are chatting with Mike Provenzal from Heritage Auction. Michael, what's hot right now? Yeah. Um, you know, we talked about it a little bit last time I was on a few weeks ago, but the non-rookie Hall of Fame cards, we've been seeing some great results. Uh, and I was just looking at our auction right now. We have a 68 tops mantle in a PSA 10. We estimated it at 200,000 and it's at 280 plus the what? juice was still uh, four days to go. So we're seeing a lot of people moving into uh, it's not just the rookies the rookie cards, you know, that used to be all the big money went there and everything else was kind of forgotten in our auction last month. We had some amazing results for Clemente mid career cards. Uh, of course, Clemente, you know, all of his issues are popular, but uh, you know, we were getting uh, six figure results for some of his uh, mid sixties cards, which is just kind of unheard of. And I think, you know, there's a, a lot of people in the last few years have come into the industry or come back into the industry and they're kind of uh, eschewing what people like us who have been in it for decades have always said, well, these are the rules. This is how you do it. This is what's valuable and this is what's not valuable. But when you get uh, this influx of new blood into the hobby, they're going to do it how they want and go after what they're interested in. Uh, so, you know, it, that's kind of nice. It's spreading the money out a little bit. And some of those issues that might have been overlooked are getting a lot more attention now. <laughs> Prov, as someone in the industry, I'm not only noticing a jump in Clemente in the hobby, but also I think there's a more of an appreciation for what this guy did. Not only his, his uh, charitable work, which led to his demise, unfortunately, but also, on, you know, on the field. They're looking back at Roberto Clemente. I don't know if it's an offshoot of the steroid era, looking at guys who didn't use. What do you see as the reason people are now having a much-deserved reappreciation of Clemente, both in the hobby and what he did on the field? You know, I've talked to a lot of people. It shows that, um, you know, they collected when they were kids, and then they kind of fell out of it. And then in the last four or five years, they've come back into it. And uh, it's just easier to research you know, people. And if you're looking for the next big thing or who's under underappreciated, Clemente is a name that comes up constantly. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think you're right. You know, his humanitarian efforts and his tragic early loss, obviously, a lot of times that's the lead story about him. And what he did on the field is kind of an afterthought. Yeah. But he was one of the best all around players of all time. All right. So hold on. I'm going to throw this out of both of you guys in your opinions. If he, did not get killed in a plane crash. Um, does he does he get the recognition that he gets today? I mean, did the plane crash and him dying at a young age? I mean, does that contribute to his immortality or whatever you want to call it? That Probably. does you give you first, kind yeah. of a the mythic quality to it. But I think people appreciate you more. You know, if he had been going to these shows and signings in the 80s when that really exploded, there would have been so many people who were more familiar with him. And he's such a big name from the Latin community as well. And that's become such a huge part of the current game. Uh, you know, you have to think if he was still around or if he had been around in the 80s or 90s, a lot more people would be familiar with him. You know, if he had been on doing interviews on Sports Center and just out there more often. You know, him dying so young um, kind of puts him on this pedestal. But sometimes when you put people on a pedestal, uh, they're kind of far away and removed from the game. Yeah. So, you know, I do Good think point. he would be more. I, I agree. There's a there's a legendary aspect. I think it's the same out of sports with <clears throat> JFK 
Elvis even, okay? There's a legendary aspect when that happens. It's unfortunate, but there is a legendary aspect. Well, However, at the, local, at the local level, JM, Harry Aganis. Yeah, absolutely. But I right? also think that this is a guy who was in great shape. He loved to play. He had 3,000 hits on the nose, right? I say, I mean, Roberto Clemente might play five, six more years even, right? I mean, he, think of the numbers. Think of the stats. So I don't, I don't think, I think it would, he would have been even more actually of a legend if that didn't happen to him because statistically he'd have been in an, an area and rarefied air that he didn't get to because his life was cut short. Let's take, let's take Clemente, put him aside for a second. Okay. Uh, what about, what about, you know, and we, we, we hop on this because I, I, is there any movement with the guys like, uh, I don't know, uh, Wade Boggs or, or, or somebody like, uh, I don't know, uh, Duke's not Duke Snyder, but uh, George Brett. Is there any movement there with those guys yet, or are they just not old enough yet? Um, I bet they'd say they're old enough. Uh, <laughs> we all would, right? Um, we've seen some good prices for Brett cards and memorabilia. We've had some nice bats of his that have done very well. Um, you know, Boggs, I would say, is kind of status quo, sitting where he is and right he now. And he's such a great hitter. He was, you know, and he's a great character, too, which usually that adds a yeah. lot to it. Like Ricky Henderson, such a, a great character, and that adds so much more interest. Um, but, you know, those guys have kind of uh, retreated. You know, they're not out front as much. You know, you see a lot of the guys that – our on-air talent or uh, making appearances or have podcasts or whatever, their stuff is doing well. Like A-Rod material has started to creep back up and people just like him as a commentator. Um, you know, so I think those guys that stay in front of the camera and stay um, relevant, that can help their material a lot. Interesting. Trav, what are you seeing with um, memorabilia and they're not necessarily verses, but I'm going to say memorabilia versus cards. We're talking about photos, uh, you know, tickets. You mentioned bats. Um, people still, is the market still cards first and then all that stuff second? Because I think we're definitely seeing a rise in popularity of that type of stuff. Ticket stubs, programs, photos, and things like that. Cards, cards still doing very well. But yeah, those, those alternate sides and smaller genres of the memorabilia, uh, those have been doing very well. Tickets last year really exploded at the beginning of last year and crested. It's come back down a little bit, but it's still way above where it was several years ago uh, when there was not much of a ticket market at all. Um, the programs, Sports Illustrated, magazines, you know, that's a part of the industry that was almost non-existent yeah. five years yeah. ago. You know, a $1,000 sale for a Sports Illustrated was was notable several years ago, but uh, you know, we've sold some for five figures now. Are you uh, kidding me? So which, which Sports yeah. Illustrated? I mean, are we talking way back? Are we talking Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, Muhammad Ali? Which ones? The Brady is doing very well. Yeah. Uh, Gret Gretzky's first appearance, we sold the highest graded version of that for $30,000, which is a crazy price. Uh, also crazy that his first Sports Illustrated was three years into his career. Can you imagine that now? Yeah. Uh, let me let me ask you a question, Prove. We have about a minute left for this segment. I have a plethora of Boston American Boston Red Sox program, starting from 1901 right through 19 uh, to oh. 2021. 
The first 20 or 25 that I have, they're all scored. Should I have those? I mean, can I get those graded? Should I have those graded? You're gonna, you can get them slapped. Uh, I, I mean, is it, is, it, is it worth doing that, you think? Because the ones I mean, that are that old, I would say so. Uh, really? You know, there's always the protection factor, which uh, those publications from back then, as I'm sure you know, can fall apart pretty easily. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But but, but but now but there's I'm, a lot of value in that. Uh, but, you know, the downside is that I like looking through those. Well, that's I what I was going to say. Like it prohibits ads. it prohibits the whoever. Like, for instance, the first one I have, it was uh, Cy Young was a losing pitcher. It's all scored. It prevents the individual from being able to, to, to you know, to, to look at that. Yeah. Know? You know, and I like it when it's scored. Uh, you know, people want it, of course, to be as pristine as possible. But I feel like that's a part of the history. Uh, with it somebody was there somebody was sitting in the stands probably wearing a hat for sure in that era uh and keeping track of the game and you know that's a part of the game that is totally gone nobody scores games anymore when you're attending somebody doing that and they're kind of cool and you know i went on baseball reference which you can find anything on baseball reference and i i you know i zeroed in on each one of those games and the attendance at some of those games was like 1,200 or 1,300 people total. So, you know, some of those programs could be a one-of-one one or one-of-five or whatever. We don't know. All right, listen, we're going to take a quick break. Mike Provenzal from Heritage Auctions is in the house. We're going to take a break, and we will be right back. Since 1996, Brian Drent and the staff at Denver's Mile High Card Company have led the charge in the collectibles hobby. Mile High is a full-service dealer specializing in buying and selling cards and offers a competitive consignment program for all collectors. Whether it be their computerized want list service, appraisals, or auction services, Mile High has it all. If you've been searching for a company with a selection of high-grade vintage 1888 to 1970 baseball cards and memorabilia that shares your passion, aim high. Mile High. Go to milehighcardco.com or call 303-840-2784 for more information. This is Brian Drent, president of Mile High Card Company. Is your sports card and memorabilia collection properly insured? For easily replaced personal property, homeowner's insurance is all most people need. But for prized possessions that you may have spent a lifetime collecting, it doesn't go nearly far enough. Collectibles Insurance Services has been insuring for over 50 years. They offer a full range of protection and a $0 deductible at an affordable rate with no appraisals required. I know because they insure my collection. If you have a minute, go to collectinsure.com and learn more about insuring your personal card or memorabilia collection. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. 
Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. How would you like to own the bat that was used by your favorite player when he hit that towering home run or game-winning base hit? Now look no further than JT Sports, specializing in the sale and authentication of professional game-used bats. As the official authenticators of professional model game used bats for PSA DNA, JT Sports will guarantee the authenticity of any bat purchased from them. JT Sports also buys and sells game-worn uniforms, gloves, and baseball equipment. The unique quality of the collectible is what JT Sports is all about. Give them a call at 609-487-8003 or check them out at GameUseBats.com. Okay, we are back. And, uh, J.M., before we uh, continue chatting with Michael, but J.M., where'd you get that hat? What the hell kind of a hat is this that? This is a Celtics hat. It's unique. It's a, uh, it's, a it's, one, it's actually one of one. I'm going to be it's sending old. it to Prov. I'm going to get it graded. And, yeah, uh, let's slap that. Yeah. Hey, by I, the way, um, before... If it, is it worth more if I sweat in it? Yeah, yeah. I think would say so. Personally, there you go. With any gamer, it smells it. I'm either going to send it to you or make it part of the Zappala collection. <laughs> yeah, All right, that's listen, wise guy. <laughs> Tell us about our friend Joe uh, Drellick and the Philly Show. All right, I will. East Coast Sports Marketing and Hunt Auctions are pleased to present the Philadelphia Sports Collector Show, the Philly Show, from Friday, March 10th through Sunday, March 12th, at the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center, Hall B, 100 Station Ave, Oaks, Pennsylvania. Shop over 250 of your favorite hobby dealer booths on over 75,000 square feet of sports collectibles heaven from the 1800s to present day. Major sports auction houses and third-party grading and authentication companies are on hand to assist your collecting needs. The Philly Show is family-friendly, and all kids 10 and under get in free. Autographed guests to include Baseball Hall of Famers Johnny Bench, Mike Schmidt, and Steve Carlton, baseball stars Pete Rose and Ken Griffey Sr., and many more. For more information, go to phillyshow.com. Remember, since 1975, The Philly Show is where it all started. Those are all the guys that kick Rico's ass in the world. Yeah, right. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, right. No right? kidding. Hey, did pretty, you write this? Much. Did you write this copy? Or did we get this from? No, actually, Joe Drellick wrote it. Oh, then it's perfect. Okay. Yeah, Joe. That's, a great, that's a great show. What's the uh, mood going to be like in Philly after the uh, Super Bowl? I think that you know settled down. The a thing bit. is, Philly's had like a great year, but a bad year. Because, like, yeah, the Phillies yeah. lost in the series, right? The Eagles lost. The, the Union was at the Union. The soccer team lost in the and, finals. And the Philly fans don't take lightly. I mean, they don't take no. that lightly. It was kind of like know? 86 for Boston where we got we had the Celtics, but the Patriots got 
mauled by the Bears. And then obviously the 86 World Series with the Mets. It was, it was good and bad, you know. You know uh, Cowboys of- fan, you hate to see that happen to Philly. Mm. Yeah, I, uh, I hate to see Philly fans <laughs> suffer. Oh, come on, guys. Come on. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, speaking of the Celtics. Real Sorry, quickly, Ray. Uh, our buddy Ray, right? <laughs> uh, actually, Ray's going to be on next week. I the, actually, uh, was, I was, was rooting. With us. I was rooting for the Eagles. In the I, I was, too. I was voting for yeah. Philly, Ray. But listen, uh, real quickly about the Celtics. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but highly recommend the Netflix uh, two-part documentary on Bill Russell. Dude, I watched it last night. It, it was how good it was un and I had seen a lot of documentaries on Russell. So this well one done, was the best I've seen by it was so good that I was planning on just watching part one and I ended up staying up late and watching the whole thing. It was that good. Did did the same thing. It was great. Yeah. I, I I I tell you, are you a are you a basketball fan, prof? Oh yeah, big time. Never never a Celtics fan though, right? No, I'm not a Celtics fan. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that hurts. That's okay, we'll, we'll let it go. But anyway, it's, it's a great Tatum play, though. He's fun to watch. I'll yeah, he's fun to watch. Uh, if you are actually, you don't even have to be a Celtics. You don't fan. Just, at all. It's no. really, it's really good to 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 watch this. Bill Russell was such a complex guy. Yeah. Uh, but you know something, I, I put him up there. You know, as far as uh, what he did. Uh, for the relationships between blacks and white, I have him up there with Ali. Oh, he's up there I, with I mean, all of them: Abdul Jabbar, Jim Brown, guys. everyone. Yeah, I mean, they were. He was good friends with Dr. King, but you know what? Even what I learned more. You know, I, I always judge things because you and I, but we've watched a lot of. T- we've produced shows for God's sakes, you know. Yep. So I always judge a show same way I judge a broadcaster in a game. Am I am I learning something I didn't already know? I learned a lot that I didn't already know about Bill Russell in that show. I highly read it's two, two hour parts worth the watch. And you know, we talked about guys who maybe, um, you know, Boggs, Cobb, whatever that dude could have scored 30 points a game easily. And at times he did, but it was all what they needed was defense. They had the offensive guys around him. They needed defense. And he, you know, I think he subjugated his game. Big he time did. for the good of the he Celtics, did. you know? He did. There's no doubt in my mind. But, bro, think about this. Wrap, wrap your hands around this. 16 points a game, right? And averaging, averaging one season, 19 block shots a game. <laughs> 19 <laughs> block shots a game. Yeah. Averaging. And then how many rebounds a game? 20-something. 20, yeah. 20 and there, was games where, there were games game. where he got like, 40 rebounds. I mean, there was yeah. unbelievable. I know the game was different like, then, yeah, but still. Like 25 you know? rebounds a game he averaged. And yeah. 17 or 19 block shots. Yeah. That's like, and he was 6'9". Yeah. That's never happening again. Never. No. Put it I mean, in the books. I mean, crazy. And you know what? You I'm know, gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I know what mentioning it was saying. His, his documentary, you know, we were talking about Clemente earlier. Where's the Clemente documentary? I mean, that's a, that's a thing that needs to be made, right? Yeah, yeah we definitely. need one for uh, uh, the last thing. Last thing on the, need one the last thing on the Russell documentary is Jerry West was interviewed as part of it, one of the yeah. talking heads. And if you've seen West on past documentaries, especially when it comes down to the Celtics Lakers rivalry, he's still angry. And very bitter. And he throws he compliments is. around, like as they say, like manhole covers against the South. He was absolutely overflowing in his compliments about Bill Russell, which is the ultimate respect. Because I'm telling you, West doesn't give anything out when it comes no, to the I Celtics. No, I agree. I agree. You know? So that's a, that's a true totally agree. right there. 
Rob, what's going on with, uh, first of all, the modern card market softening a little bit, slowing down? Softening a little bit. You know, I think it was just at such dizzying heights and got there so quickly. Uh, when any market does that, that it just explodes, there's going to be a time where it settles back down. People are able to stabilize and get a little sure footing on what's valuable. Um, I mean, Brady's doing well. Mahomes is doing well. LeBron just became the scoring champ. Uh, I think there was a lot of people a few years ago putting a lot of speculative money into the modern market. Um, you know, gambling has become so closely tied with sports. I mean, they have ads for it now during games. Could you imagine that 20 years ago? No. Uh, <laughs> and I think that kind of brought in people who were willing to take those kind of risks. And, you know, they want the big payoff. Uh, but over the long term, if you let a market stabilize, it's going to settle back to where it is. And I think, you know, on the modern side, there is element of risk. You, you know, you never know what could happen. An injury could happen like that to anyone. And that's going to wipe out their value in the collectibles place. Um, but, you know, there's still good material out there, good product being made. And you just have to be a little more careful. I just think, uh, you know, it's gone down, but I don't think it's moving down. I think it's just getting to where it should be. Hey, Prof, can you give us a couple of uh, wow items, some notable items in the current? I know it ends this weekend, right? Your current auction. Mm -hmm. Can you just throw out maybe two or three things that people need to maybe take a look at? We have two amazing DiMaggio gamers, yep. one from 1948 with the uh, Babe Ruth Memorial patch. Ruth died in uh, August of 48. Uh, it's the only one we've seen with that uh, memorial, the Babe Ruth Memorial on it. Yep. And then on the other end of his career, we have a uh, San Francisco Seals DiMaggio game. I saw that. That's very wow. cool. Beautiful piece. Uh, speaking of Bill Russell, we have a really amazing Bill Russell mm -hmm. photo, the first photo of him in a Celtics uniform. Uh, his material's been doing good, which happens, uh, you know, when a legend passes, you usually see a bump. But that's a really unique type one photo, and photography is an area that's been doing very well. Um, and we have uh, incredible Lou Gehrig game used bat. It's one of the greatest bats I've ever seen. It's signed by him. It's from 26, 27. So the perfect era to have a, a Gehrig bat. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's one of the finest bats we've ever seen, and we've seen it all. So very interested to see where those items end up this weekend. You know, just uh, speaking of bats, JM, uh, last week uh, Rico co-hosted with me, and we had John Tobby on. And John had called Rated. Rico. Yeah, yeah jo John, you know the bat that uh, we were – somebody – uh, was it you? I don't think the auction. It was your auction, but there was a forty-five ounce, a forty-four or forty-five ounce Rico Petroselli game used bat. Forty-five ounces. Are you Listen, kidding me? So, so John called me up. John called me up. He says, "Tom, he says I have a bat here. It says it's a gamer and it's signed by Rico, but it's forty-four. Or, I think he said forty-four ounces. He oh. says." Did Rico ever use a 44-ounce <laughs> bat? Because it's going into an auction. So I said, John, what? <laughs> I, called, I called Rico up, and we had a three-way. I said, Rick, I said, when did you ever use a 44-ounce bat? In the Rico batter said, circle? Or the Rico said, he said, he, that's why he got it. 
to use in the batter circle, but then he decided to use it in two games. <laughs> he went all, all for six. So he did yeah. use it. Right. He did use How it. How the hell did you even swing that? Well, he said he Jeez. tried it. He went 0 for 6 or something. Tommy uh, emailed me this morning. He says, I couldn't resist it. I won the bat at the auction. <laughs> <my personal> collection. <laughs> That's hysterical. Absolutely hysterical. <laughs> Michael, what about autograph cards? Autograph Vintage is doing amazing. We had uh, some really remarkable prices for 52 Tops Mantle and Jackie Robinson signed, which no surprise there. Those are going to fetch a premium. Um, but we have a great Clemente rookie signed right now and Pete Maravich rookie autograph. Uh, a lot of those are coming out of the woodwork. You know, that's something where it was a real no-no to get uh, cards signed back in the day. So there's low populations for them. And I think people have just been sitting on them waiting for that market to pick up. It started to pick up. So there's some great opportunities out there. And uh, I think if you have signed vintage, it's a good time to start thinking about selling them. But, um, you know, those are great items. They're so rare, uh, especially from people that have already passed. Uh, we had a great Bill Russell signed rookie uh, that he signed in Celtics green as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, we've been getting a lot of inquiries. You know, we do free appraisals and those have been coming out of the woodwork too. People that have had these signed cards they got in the eighties at shows and they've just been sitting on them. Uh, and now they're wondering what they're worth. So I expect to see a lot more coming out and coming to market in the next few months. Can I, I just want to jump in exactly yeah. because you're right with the autographed uh, cards. It used to be a no, no. You have an item in your current auction, if I'm not mistaken. You have a ball signed by Babe Ruth and Hank Aaron in the auction right now. That also was back I, and when I was collecting as a kid, you know, to get two names on the same card, even though it's Ruth and Aaron. Um, has that changed a bit? And talk about that item a little bit. There's a lot of hot opinions about that. Yeah. I posted about that on our social, and there was, a, I'll say, a lively debate yeah. about uh, if Aaron should have been added to a Ruth ball. I think if it's something like that where, you know, they're tied together because of the home run record. Right. Um, it makes sense. You know, I, do, I still don't think people like the, if it's just random, um, you know, that you see a lot of balls that were from, you know, an event or something where, you know, you got Babe Ruth and a boxer or something like how that. About, how about Babe Ruth and Rico Petroselli? No, I was just about to say that. That's <laughs> there, what is, there is a Babe Ruth and Rico Petroselli signed ball. Rico, has told he's he's told the story a zillion times. He said when when the when the guy walked up to me, he says, "What are you kidding me? This is Babe Ruth's <laughs> autograph." And the guy asked Rico, he's, he was a rabid Red Sox fan. He says, "I don't oh, care. I'd like God. you to sign it." So there is a ball oh, out there with God. a Babe Ruth and Rico Petroselli signature on it. That's a hey, one of one. Ser serious question yeah. though on the Aaron Ruth card uh, uh, ball, right? If I got that or whoever has it, and then I got Barry Bonds to sign it, does it go up or down in value? I think it's going to go down in value probably. I think you're right. I would say for people, if you have a great vintage autograph like that, Ruth or Garrick or yeah. Cobb, don't get a modern guy to sign it. Yeah, right. Uh, it's that's not going to help the right. value unless it's something you want and you're going to keep. But if you're thinking about it as selling it, it's probably going to hurt the value. 
uh, get them on a, another ball and have put them next to each other in a display good, or something. Good, good advice. So, uh, I, so advice. I shouldn't have had Denny Doyle sign my tight ball. <laughs> no, probably bad, not. Right? Probably not. But uh, there's a collector for everything out there. We'll find, we'll find somebody for it. Hey, Mike, um, NBA All-Star game, waste of time. I enjoy it. You know, it's an that was called That's called the leading question right it's there. Supposed that... to be, it's supposed to be different. You know, it's an exhibition. But right. that's, you know, the baseball star game is so similar to an actual game because that's how the game is. You know, if you're going right. to pitch to somebody, they're going to have to take it seriously to hit it. Right. But I, I enjoy seeing the guys playing around, having fun, conversing, talking a little trash. Um, you know, I think it's a good one. The, I'm glad they did away with the Pro Bowl. I never enjoyed that. Oh, that was the thing is, this guys, the, this the skills competition and the flag football was a little better. It's still not there. Yeah. It's better than the game. There's very but little. How do they have an NFL skills competition and they don't have a 40 yard dash or 100 <laughs> meters. Let's find out there's, who the fastest guy is. There's very little defense in actual NBA games now. What's the difference if you tone exactly. it down more for the all? I'll tell you what I do. What I don't like is nothing against the players. I miss East West. I don't yeah. like the I'm pick the LeBron team and this guy's team. Yeah, you know, I didn't like that. Whole I think thing the East West is what made for the great when yeah, there I was like when it was team, good. Yeah. I think people took pride in East West. You know the birds and the magics and guys like that. I'd like to yeah, bring it back to East West. You know, I think that would bring some more of the competition back. Yeah, because uh, players back in the day did take pride in you know what conference they were. Now players move around so much more. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, the, the allegiances would be switching. But I will say the, the three-point contest is untouchable. That's one of the greatest. It's great. I agree. events in all yeah, sports. it's great. You know, uh, don't touch that, I'll say. I agree. Mike, we have a few minutes left. What about sneakers? Sneakers seem to be real hot now, huh? Yeah, that's a market that's really grown in the last 15 years. Uh, that's a market that's really benefited from uh, the information age and just having so much information out there. It was something that was really hard to learn about, to know about 20 years ago. Uh, but now you've got entire sites and great sites dedicated to it. So there's a market for gamers, and then there's a market just for the retail shoes as well. And, uh, you know, when I was growing up, I never had good shoes or quality shoes or uh, yeah. anything that would ever be considered a high resale value. Um, but there's a whole community that does. Personally, I like the gamers better, but we just started a whole department devoted to uh, retail sneakers. Uh, so once we open a department for something, you know there's a, a great community following it, and there's a lot of good investment money out there. Um, we should let you have our sneaker guy on sometime. Hopefully yeah, yeah. that'd be great. Hey, we have got about we got about a minute and uh, about a minute left. Golf. Golf flat. I mean, with the new influx of young golfers coming in, and now with this LIV, is is golf picking up ahead of steam at all? I've seen a little upturn in it. You know, Tiger's doing great, and he was back on the course this weekend. Yeah. That always helps the whole golf community. It, it yeah. ratches it up a notch. He's the most popular one, and it's not even close. Um, the Live Tour has kept golf in the news, which helps. Uh, golf kind of struggles when the season's not going on. It yeah. just kind of disappears and, uh, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Um, I think the problem with golf is that there's just tough collectibles. You know, it's tough to sign a golf ball, even yeah. when guys, that, it doesn't <laughs> look me. great. Um, you know, game used clubs, the, they're hard to authenticate. The provenance is tough to get. 
Um, you know, if you get a, a match-worn something, it's going to be a polo. So, you know, a lot of collectors, unless you're a fervent golf fan, those are the real collectors of golf memorabilia. I don't think you have a lot of people who just dabble I in think, it. I or, think you're, you're right on the mark, though, Prov, with the Tiger factor. I mean, when yeah. Tiger is at, it was in a demise, whether it's the injuries or other stuff, he's just <laughs> such a charismatic. He's just above everyone else in terms of charisma. Oh, no, there's no doubt. You know? There's I no mean, doubt. So. All right, listen, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we come back. Scotty Russell from The Collector Connection is going to join us. Hey, real quickly, one more Netflix recommendation. The Short Game. It's a golf game. It's a golf documentary about seven- and eight-year-old kids oh, who are absolutely amazing golfers with, you know, one kid birdied eight holes in a row. <laughs> Eight-year-old. I haven't done that in my life. It's called The Short Game. I would take a quick break, and then Scott's going to join us. You're going to be with us right to the end, too, Michael. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Pristine Auction is a family-owned and operated online auction, specializing in autographed memorabilia, sports cards, coins, art, and collectibles. Since their founding in 2010, they've grown to two facilities in Phoenix, Arizona, totaling over 60,000 square feet. Jared Cavalli and an incredible staff of over 150 team members serve a very large customer base and enjoy every minute of it. By working with leading authentication companies, Pristine ensures all items are 100% authentic. In addition, third-party authenticators regularly travel to Pristine Auction to provide authentication services on-site. Pristine Auction strives to operate its business in a way that's honoring to God, their families, and their customers. With a strong focus on speed, quality and premier customer service, their mission is to be the leading online auction for every level of collector and fan. Pristine also works for Hope Sports and Identity Hoops International, traveling to Mexico to build houses for the less fortunate. Pristine Auction offers several online auction formats with thousands of auctions ending each day. For more information, go to pristineauction.com. That's Pristine Auction, the best in the business. If you are a discerning collector interested in owning the most important pieces in the hobby, look no further than Leland's Auctions. The original sports auction and appraisal house, Leland's was established in 1985 by legendary pioneer founder Joshua Leland Evans. And today, President Mike Hefner carries on their tradition. From the Tom Brady card and memorabilia collection, to the famed Boston Garden Auction, to high-end card auctions from every major sport. Leland's has always maintained the highest standards. Go to Leland's.com and get your bid in. That's Leland's, the hobby's leading sports auction house for four decades. It's often been said that championships are won on the practice field, and world records come only to those willing to work harder than everybody else. Heritage Auctions is the world's largest collectibles auctioneer, because we believe that becoming the best is only an invitation to the challenge of remaining the best. This requires the skills of the hobby's top experts, capable of identifying and maximizing value for our consigners. It requires the most visited website in the industry, courting a global audience of collectors over a million and a half strong. It requires a dedicated press department that expands our global reach far beyond the entrenched hobby marketplace. It's hard work, but a simple premise. Present the finest collectibles to the largest population of potential buyers, and world records will come. We invite all listeners to put the unmatched power of Heritage Auctions to work for you. 
Auction evaluations are always free, and our commission-based fee structure ensures that our interests are always aligned, the highest possible price for your collectibles. There will always be new world records to chase, so let's chase them together. Visit our website at ha.com and request your no-obligation review today. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. They are prized possessions, and you need a place to store them that is safe and secure. The eBay Vault is exactly that, an insured, climate-controlled facility with state-of-the-art security that guards your valuable collection around the clock. Your vault account is protected by two-step verification and easily accessible through eBay Collection. And everything stored in the eBay Vault is backed by Authenticity Guarantee. Buying and selling is a seamless experience. When you buy an eligible card on eBay, it can be sent directly to the eBay Vault at checkout. Or, if it's already in the eBay Vault, you can just keep it there. And selling from the eBay Vault is just as easy. Every card in the Vault has been expertly inspected, detailed, and photographed, so you can quickly sell it with a pre-populated listing. And if your buyer chooses to withdraw their card from the eBay Vault, we handle packing, shipping, and insurance. And same goes for you. If you want that rare rookie card in your hands, you can have it shipped to you at any time. Collect like a pro with the eBay Vault. And Zap, what? the eBay Vault is climate-controlled, insured, and protected with 24-hour security. Soon, you'll be able to send cards already in your collection directly to the eBay Vault. They will take high-quality photos of the front and back of the card and document all the details for your viewing pleasure and to make the listing-to-sell process seamless. For more info, go to ebay.com, connecting buyers and sellers globally. Well done, JM. Thank well you. Well done. I'm a good reader. Yeah, you are a good reader. <laughs> you can't can't speak good English, but you're a good reader. Huh? Good. All right, let's bring in Scotty. Scott Russell from the Collector Connection. Scott, how are you? I'm well. How are you guys? Hey, Scott. Good. You're in the. You know, you know, Mike. You guys know each other, right? Yep. Yep. We've done the show before when he was on. Yeah. So, uh, Scott, you got something going on right now? Yeah. Uh, tell yeah, us about it. Our, our second auction of the year. Another post-war auction. Um, neat selection of, you know, graded cards all the way up to like a PSA eight, Bob Gibson rookie, uh, an eight and a half 59 may some really sharp late 50 stuff. 
a really broad selection of mantles back to 53, kind of in a collector grade, then all the way through the 50s and 60s, and they kind of get better in grade as they go. But then, you know, kind of your interest now is some neat memorabilia stuff. Uh, we have a Jackie Robinson jumbo postcard from NBC from his appearance on Meet the Press in 1957. Wow, very cool. Uh, wow. It's you know, a little bit different. We actually, actually, last lot of the auction, we thought we'd, we'd kind of give it a, a weird, interesting spot. Um, but we have like a Joe DiMaggio ink blotter from the 40s. And, you know, this, so, so a fun, eclectic, you know, kind of our usual nice mix of stuff. I know. I mean, that's again, that's your specialty. I mean, you, you, you really mix it up and you attract uh, uh, collectors from all walks of life and all different genres of collecting cards, memorabilia, uh, just, you know, pretty, pretty cool stuff. When does this auction end? Uh, ends on March 5th. So we j- it just started a lot of time yet. Good. Very good. Very good. Scott, good we've after- been talking the last uh, couple of shows about, in fact, even Zap brought up George Brad earlier. You have some, some 1970s stuff there, 70s tops, 72 tops. Can you talk about that era a little bit? You know, the, the, um, you know, the, the Mike Schmitz, you know, the George Bratz, the guys that were kind of that, that mid ground, you know, when Mantle was gone, yeah, and, it's, it's, you know, it's before the modern. Now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and so I think in in any pop culture collectible, when you have the guys our age who can now have a couple of spare bucks, yeah. you're going to see the stuff from their childhood go up because yeah. it's the nostalgia factor. Yeah. So you're seeing things like you know the Fisk rookie or the the Schmidt rookie or the the Brett rookie. You know, and, you know, there there becomes more demand for it, so obviously it pushes the prices higher. You know, the competition is good for us. Well, I mean, that's pretty much, and that holds true because that's that's what's happened with basketball cards, you know, yep. uh, 90s basketball cards. I mean, you know, uh, with all due respect, not a lot of people are interested in collecting a Clyde Lavellet card anymore <laughs> or, uh, you know, a pick someone, a Bob Dandridge, you know what I mean? Right. But, but it's, it's, you know, it's the stuff from the 90s and creeping into the 2000s and, of course, uh, the young guns are real interested in the, you know, uh, the stuff today, the Tatums and the Morants and, and, and yeah. those. Well, basketball is interesting, too, though, because so many great players just get flat ignored. Um, now, part of it is the junk era problems. But, I mean, when's the last time you saw anybody get more than a couple of bucks for, like, a Sean Kemp rookie? Yeah. yeah, no, it's and, a great And there point. weren't many more dominant players than Sean, or David no. Robinson, for that great, matter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Hakeem Olajuwon. I mean, there are a lot of players in that era, right? Gary Payton, right, who was, you know, oh, Kemp's partner. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so many great players in that era who yeah. don't get and any. It, they it, get, they Bird, have, yeah, Bird, right. Magic and Jordan take the rest of the dream team. You can pick them up for 20 bucks. Right. It, it might, I mean, right. Michael, throw, you know, chime in here because, like, uh, Hakeem Olajuwon was a phenomenal player. <laughs> I agree, and I, I find Barkley surprising because he is such a huge a figure, figure still, yeah. still. And, you know, Tim Duncan is another one who, mm. one of the greatest players, you could say he's in the top ten, and, and you never Dirk. see huge prices. Yeah, and this. you know, the other thing is, other than Barkley, and he, he got close, but go through the teams, right? I mean... You're talking Isaiah Thomas, right? I mean, the Pistons yeah. won. So these guys were also champions. Barkley was not, but you know, the, you know, Tim Duncan won numerous titles. David Robinson was yeah. a champion, and it just seems they should be getting yeah, crazy, more more juice, sense. but they're not. You know, it doesn't yeah. make sense. I mean, you take that. Like I said, they're fighting the era. So right, that right, help. right. Correct. Yeah, I mean, Correct. you take that fifty-seven top set, that first top set, which we have lot number one in the auction. That's right. It's it's, a, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the 57 tops complete. 
Wow, that's cool. What is what is it out right? You're just starting it, right? Is it yeah, graded? It's, it's or started just, uh, the the Russell and the Koozie are graded just for what is the Russell know, graded? Peace of mind. It, it's a one because of the centering. It okay. is actually miscut because I bought a complete set years and years ago. I paid four hundred bucks for it for the whole set. <laughs> and, and, and listen, listen, this is Tom's stupidity. Fifty-seven. Yeah. I paid for Ellen and I were at an auction. I've told this story before. We were at, at an auction in upstate New Hampshire, and I went there to bid specifically on a T206 Thai car, bat off the shoulder. I had a budget number that I wanted to bid on, and I got outbid. I was pissed off. <laughs> we're walking so you're going to spend out. that money and show them. Now, this is years and years ago, years ago. So I'm walking out the door, and there's, there's like, Eight people left in the auction. This is in upstate New Hampshire. And one of the last lots, there's this binder, and it's a complete 1957 top set, ungraded. I says, Jesus. I says, I don't know a lot about this stuff, you know? I stuck around 400 bucks. No, 450 bucks. I want it, right? <laughs> so I send, I send the Russell. I send the Koozie. I send the uh, uh, Heinsen. I send them, you know, five or six cards off to PSA to get graded. The Russell comes back a six. Oh, my God. Right. That's like an eight on a normal card. Guess what I sold? I'm sorry. (laughs) I take that back. The Russell came back a four. Guess what I sold the whole set for? Tom being the great businessman that he is. <laughs> Double your money. <laughs> 1800 bucks. Oh, I, sold, I sold the entire complete set for 1800 Let's put it this way. My low-grade set started on Sunday, and it's over that already. So <laughs> I was, I'm so disgusted with myself. But anyway, <laughs> we'll let that go. Uh, hey, Scott, do you have anything regarding uh, autographs? I mean, like, you know, autograph cards, autograph yeah, cards? Yeah, um, you know, uh, not as much as like the January auction. That's always kind of really autograph heavy. But there's, there's always a smattering of stuff. A um, little bit of old football autographs, um, some early Heisman winners and stuff like that. Uh, you know, a, a smidgen of autograph baseball cards. Uh, you know, a lot of comments from sets that guys are working on, trying to work on the autograph sets, which those guys are a level of dedication that's so far beyond anything I can do. You know what's uh, really cool, JM? It's really cool. You've got Mike Provenzal from Heritage Auctions, and you've got Scott Russell from uh, the Collector Connection. Obviously, two completely different size companies. Uh, point being, though, <laughs> well, no, but the point, the point being is that both of your companies – both of your companies are tremendous for the hobby. Yeah. And uh, my, right, JM, am I no, wrong? No doubt. No doubt. And both, uh, you know, I think both companies and both the auctions that you guys have, yeah, we talk about the roots and the gear, but there is something for everyone. All right. You might have to go past, you know, page one or page two, <laughs> but it's worth going there. It's worth going a deep dive, you know, because there is something for everyone. Um, and I, thinking of both you guys, I'd like both of you guys to comment. Uh, you have a 54 tops Yogi Berra. Scott in the auction, mm-hmm. right? Can you guys just both yep. talk about Yogi? You know, we've talked about guys who maybe should get more attention in the hobby. This guy had everything, the stats, the championships, yeah. the leadership, the charisma, right? He was a personality. Why oh, yeah. isn't Yogi more popular? <laughs> or is know, he? It's a hard question. It's like uh, almost like Yogi oversaturated somehow. <laughs> I, Yogi was everywhere. He signed everything. Yeah. He was just 
he was the face of the Yankees, especially after Mantle passed. Yeah. Plus, he's got uh, an ugly rookie. I think people lose how great he was. <laughs> you know, I, I think, mean. I think catchers struggle, too, because Campanella is yeah. another one way, uh, way undervalued. And Bench. Yeah. And Johnny Three-time Bench, MVP, too. Yeah. Bench. yeah. I mean, yeah. you look at Bench yeah. versus Ryan. Rookies in the same set, even multi-card rookies. And it's a fraction. Yeah. But yet, Bench is a much higher rated catcher for his position than Ryan is against the other starting pitchers. Yeah. Good point. Bench Very is good probably point. the greatest of all time. Maybe Yogi's in the conversation. Maybe Dickey. Maybe a couple. Ryan, you know, hey, all-time great pitcher, don't get me wrong, but nobody's calling him the great, greatest pitcher of all time. I totally agree. That's a that's a very, very, very good point. Um, it, yeah, it's it's weird. It's weird how in this hobby there are certain cards that you think would have some 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 juice to it, and they come flat. And then there are other. Listen, I'm still. I again, I've said this a zillion times. I still scratch my head over the 1952 Topps Mickey Mantle. I just. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I just I can't comprehend. It's not like there's thirty of them out there. You know what I no. mean? And I know it's supply and demand. Joe Thomasula said a couple of weeks ago it's, it's all supply and demand. But I mean, there are. But why is the demand? Exactly. There are yeah. zillions of them out there. You to, well, I've had to, three, so. <laughs> It's just unbelievable. We have about two minutes left, uh, Michael. What do you? Am I wrong, or is it just supply and demand? I think part of it is branding too. That's been the face of the industry. How many yeah. catalog covers and ads and magazines has that been on? Uh, you know, that image is really emblematic of the fifties too. You know, it really suits that era. Um, and I think he just, it has good branding and good marketing, wherever that comes from, it's worked out for it. Yeah. I mean, you ask somebody who's not in the hobby and that's one of the two cards they can name. 100%. Good point. <laughs> Can someone do something with my 51 Bowman mantle, please? <laughs> please I'm now we know the ulterior motive for this rant. I'm begging you. Oh, I mean, would you, Michael, would you mind putting it like on the cover of your, your next catalog? Yeah, just, sure, absolutely. <laughs> if it's got an example of pedigree, then... I mean, what the hell, right? All right, listen, we're just about out of time. Scott, when is your... Uh, uh, when does it end? It all ends March 5th, and I'm going to get a real cheap oh, last-minute plug-in. Oh, look this at that. Oh, very Let's see if we can get you a good shot of uh, Mr. Wagner here. Very, very oh, cool. nice. So uh, that's coming up in the spring, our pre-war auction. We're looking for consignments. But I literally just thought, oh, when you saw me disappear from the I green room, that. I was getting, I, I was that. picking I that up. That. Very cool. <laughs> Scott, are you going to be at the um, uh, Philly show? Be Philly, Chantilly, and Strongsville for the first time. And Michael, you guys will be there too, right? We'll be there. Not me, unfortunately. Uh, you'll get Derek and Lee out there. Okay, well, <laughs> two, two, two of them make up one of you, so yeah, it doesn't right. matter. Fair, fair. All right, guys, uh, thanks for coming. By. You know, we won't, we won't talk about the behind the scenes, why you guys are here. We will let that go for another time. But I want to thank you both very, very much. A pleasure. Uh, JM. Anytime. JM, have a great week. All right, buddy. Uh, great show today. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Yeah. To our viewers and listeners, again, thank you so much for the support. It's It's been off the charts. We're thrilled. And with that being said, happy collecting.
The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.